Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. Today is part two of how to plot a thriller. On part one, I mentioned how my second book is a murder mystery, a thriller slash suspense novel. I shared how I outlined my books backwards and I used the big plot twist at the 70% mark, the 50% midpoint of your book, and the 30% mark of your book, all based on the three-act structure. And of course, how you can add, or you should add, different red herrings in between. I feel like part one of this series was a bit more big picture surrounding the three-act structure, a little bit more of the framework and the bones of how to outline and how to plot. And then today in part two, I'm going to go into a bit more detail and break the plotting and outlining process down a little further into 27 story beats that most thrillers, suspense, murder mystery novels typically use. I mentioned it before, but these types of books are definitely formulaic, and it honestly feels slightly off for readers if you don't hit the majority of these story beats, even if you as the writer feel like it's getting formulaic and a bit cliché. There's a fine art and a fine balance to this genre, but you can have a lot of fun with it as a writer. You can use these loosely as your structure while you're outlining to have an idea of where you're going, where the plot twists are, and the types of scenes you should be including, the types of beats. But then you should also definitely retain your own voice. Characters should be fully rounded with a lot of depth. You can add your own flair so that it doesn't come across as formulaic and cliche. And honestly, that's the sign of a good writer in general. If you can take the system, take take that framework and make it your own. Like I mentioned, there are 27 must-know thriller beats that I will go through today. But again, don't get overwhelmed. Take these as you will. You can move them around if you like. You can use some or all of them. It's just to give you an idea of what readers typically look for, what editors look for when it comes to creating a really great thriller, murder mystery, suspense book. The first is the setup. This is your establishing shot. Your character is at the status quo. In this setup scene, it can be a few scenes, a couple chapters, you're grounding the reader in the world of the main character. What's interesting to note, and if you go back and read some of your favorite murder mysteries like Agatha Christie or Nancy Drew, is that the victim and the murderer are quite often present at the beginning 
of the book in this establishing shot. We don't know yet that's who they are, but a lot of the times they are in this scene at the very beginning of the book. So it's fun to go back once you know that and see if it actually is true for a lot of your favorite thriller writers. The setup beat is pretty typical for pretty much every novel you'll ever write. You have to show what's normal, who the main character is, what they want, and what is standing in their way. Also, what they stand to lose if they don't get what they want. Story beat number two is disruption of this status quo. Often it's called the inciting incident, and usually if it's a murder mystery, this will be the big murder. If it's not necessarily a murder mystery, but it is a thriller or suspense novel, this could be the unveiling of a secret or some sort of disrupting incident that triggers change and kicks off the plot for your main character. The third story beat is what I like to call discovery of the big thing. So this is discovering that someone has been murdered or uncovering something that's going on, maybe an affair. In this beat you are building tension and suspense for your main character. So with the beat before, disruption of the status quo, maybe it's the scene of someone getting murdered and then discovery of the big thing, your third plot beat is someone actually discovering that dead body. The fourth story beat is your hint of danger. This is where the stakes for your main character really rise. It could be a hint of danger or a conflict that directly affects them, and this is where they throw themselves into the investigation of a murder, a dark secret, whatever it may be. It could either be that the character, the main character, looks guilty, like, oh shit, I have to investigate this because it wasn't me, I have to prove my innocence. Or the hint of danger could have a direct personal connection to your main character, so they go on a quest to uncover it and somehow seek justice for the victim. The fifth story beat is your brush with authority scene. So this could be a cop, the FBI, a school principal. This is the beat where the character knows they either have to investigate to save themselves or they have to investigate to save someone else because an authority figure is now involved. The sixth story beat is the decision to investigate. Typically, this is your 30% mark of the book or your break into two, where your character officially decides, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going down this path. Everything up until this point has been leading to your decision to investigate. You can't have more than one scene where the character decides to investigate. It has to be clear to the reader that this is the definitive decision point. They are going headfirst down this journey into danger. There is no way that they can turn back. Your seventh plot point is introducing the partner in crime. So this could be introducing a sidekick who helps the main character. In Harry Potter, this would have been the introduction of Hermione and Ron who help Harry on his quest. It could be a romantic figure, or it could also be the introduction of a foil, somebody who was trying to offset the main character on their journey. In staying with the Harry Potter example, that would be Malfoy. Typically, the introduction of this partner in crime character is somebody who is also tied to the victim and basically says, let me help you solve this. Again, it could be a love interest, a spouse, a best friend. 
they join the investigation and it will be revealed down the road whether they are a friend or a foe. The eighth story beat is your first investigation point. This is the most obvious point of where your character starts investigating. It's the first person they go talk to. It's the most natural person to have done the murder or the most natural person to go speak to to uncover the next secret or the next clue. It should be the most obvious next step for both the main character and the reader of this is what they would do to eliminate this as a possible theory. Typically during the first investigation point, your character goes and talks to someone who offers information that leads them down another path to talk to somebody else or to go travel to a cemetery, whatever it may be. They send them somewhere else or give them some new information to continue on the investigation. Most often, this information is either a red herring, so they lead them down the wrong path. Otherwise, that would be a pretty short book, and the main character would just solve the mystery right then and there. But the character does not know that this is a red herring. They have to see it through. And you can decide as the writer whether this information that the person gives was consciously misleading or mistakenly misleading. Your ninth story beat when outlining a thriller or a murder mystery should be your successive investigation points. One thing should lead to another. This is where your character is investigating all possible theories to rule out or uncover the mystery, but it's really important that you don't make this too linear. You don't want it to be too obvious what your character is doing next because that can read for a very boring plot. Things shouldn't happen in a straight line. This is where you can make your plot more complex by introducing new characters or new subplots. You can have them overhear different bits of conversation or hacking into a computer system or sneaking into a warehouse Whatever it may be, there should be other scenes that contribute to potential theories, but aren't necessarily the exact line that your character is going down, just to add a bit more depth and complexity and interest for the reader. This is where having antagonists or foils come in really handy. You can also have love interests that start to seem a little shady, you can't quite trust them. This is a way to weave in a lot of different threads of investigation, but also to increase the stakes along the way for your main character. The 10th story beat you should include are red herrings. Red herrings are scenes that typically seem promising and send your reader down a rabbit hole that possibly could be the solution, but end up not being the solution. Really great mystery writers have a lot of red herrings in their books, hints that float in there that seem like they could be the possible solution to this mystery. They give a little bit of foreshadowing and aren't too obvious. A lot of the time they include symbolism, an object gets introduced, but that doesn't come to fruition until the end of the book. The 11th story beat is the introduction of dead endpoints. So this is where you're forcing your character into dark moments. Everything seems to be going well, they're on the brink of solving this murder or this mystery, and then all of a sudden the worst thing possible happens. 
You'll likely have multiple dead end points throughout the book. These are usually a lot of your plot twists and they create tension and conflict. It's that, oh no, what's next kind of feeling for your readers. The 12th story beat is your second brush with authority scene, and this is usually the beat that comes right before your midway point. It's a second big hint of danger, so your character feels cornered, but they are also fed new information or a new tip that increases the tension so high right before another big plot twist. This second brush with authority scene usually involves your cop, your school principal, your, the FBI agent, whoever it is. It involves them starting to look suspicious or having ulterior motives. So everybody at some point in your book should look a little bit guilty, a little bit suspect. Not everyone should look shiny all of the time. Again, that adds depth and complexity and interest for your reader. The 13th story beat, lucky number 13, is your midway plot twist. So if you listen to part one of this series, I talked about having a plot twist at the 30% mark, the 50% mark, and the 70% mark. So we are now at the 13th story beat at your 50% mark halfway through the book. This is when shit gets real. This should be a dark secret gets revealed or the most surprising plot twist you can think of that happens to your characters. It should be super juicy and extremely shocking for both the main character and the readers. It's important to note that this plot twist should have some impact on your main plot twist at the end of the book, around your 70% mark. They must be related in some way, Otherwise, it'll feel completely disjointed and make for a pretty poor ending. Some examples of what a midpoint plot twist could entail would be maybe a secret is revealed that invalidates an earlier investigation that seems like it would have been the solution that is completely derailed. Or it could be some information is revealed that casts the victim in a new light. So they seem completely innocent all along, but all of a sudden a shocking secret about them is revealed or a shocking revelation about one of the main suspects. Usually before you start writing a murder mystery, you have some of these big plot twists in mind. So it won't be as complicated as maybe I'm making it seem when you start writing it, but this helps you understand what should come before your big plot points that lead up to it and make it even more of a juicy page turner. The 14th story beat is a flurry of investigation. So this is right after your midway point and there is a series of events that happen in quick succession. Your main character or group of characters are full of adrenaline from what they just uncovered and they are fueled to continue on this investigation. So they talk to a lot of different people really fast. They go to different places to check out if it's true or not. This is also the point of the book where the main character starts to lose themselves in this investigation. The stakes are so high that they start to become almost a different person. Like any great book, no matter what the genre is, the main character has to have some sort of character arc and change from the beginning to the end of the book. So at this 14th story beat, right after the midway point, it should start to become evident that they are changing in some way 
and that this investigation is shaping and altering their judgment. Perhaps this is where you introduce some conflict with family and friends or hint at conflict with their sidekick or friend characters or even the foil. A lot of the time, the helper characters that seem to be helping the main character along this journey start to become the problem themselves. And this is where your investigative main character starts to have a lot of conflict with the people around them. The next story beat, number 15, is your third brush with authority scene. So this is where the stakes are rising, everything's intensifying, and your main character speaks with the cop or authority figure, whatever you choose them to be, once again. The next story beat, number 16, is the loss of the sidekick. So we kind of hinted at it in the 14th story beat, but this is where the main character becomes extremely vulnerable. They lose everything, they trust no one, they also seem untrustworthy themselves, and they lose their friends, their helping sidekick partner in crime characters who have gotten them to this point. Basically, your main character is at a real low. They've lost what really matters to them, and that is their relationships, their friends, and their family. Maybe it's a job, a love interest, whatever it may be, is gone. The 17th story beat is super important. This is your big plot twist into Act 3. It's your 70% plot twist that I talked about in Part 1 of this series. The 70% plot twist is the one that puts the main character on the direct path toward the killer, whether they realize it or not. At this stage, the main character has lost everything that matters to them. They are a different person. So they're barreling forwards towards the finish line of this book by themselves. They are alone, they have no help, and they are heading directly in to the face of danger. This beat is very important because it's what thriller readers have been reading along, chugging along with you until they get to it. It's what they expect and love to see in every suspense type of novel. A lot of the time this big plot twist seems like the character is about to solve everything but turns out they're completely wrong and it was their obsession that led them to this wrong conclusion. Because of the way you've had your subplots interweaving throughout, this could be the big kind of culmination of all of those several threads that have been weaving together behind the scenes where they come together and there's a big aha moment. Usually the main character doesn't realize how dangerous the situation is about to become, but the reader at this stage has narrowed the solution or the finish or the resolution of this mystery down to two possible outcomes, either A or B, and they're about to find out which one it is. So the 18th story beat is choosing the path toward the bad guy. This is the actual moment where the main character does the stupidest thing ever, and they go right into the arms of the killer or the bad guy in your book. The 17th plot point was where they were at a fork in the road and could either go down path A or B. And so at this 18th plot point, they have chosen the wrong path. They have chosen path A directly toward the bad guy. Usually this is a moment of calm for your main character. So they have no idea that they have just taken the wrong path. 
but it is not a moment of calm for the reader. They know exactly what is about to happen, or at least they feel extremely anxious and nervous knowing that something bad is about to happen. The 19th story beat is when the sidekick or the partner in crime or friend characters becomes a suspect. The main character discovers that their helper or their love interest was actually lying to them. Maybe they were closer to the victim than they thought, or some sort of secret is revealed about those helper characters that makes it feel like there has been a massive betrayal done to the main character by people or a person that they love and trusted. It doesn't necessarily mean that these helper side characters did the crime, but maybe they were involved in it in some capacity, maybe they're involved in it in some capacity, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Either way, this betrayal of people that the main character trusted sends them directly into the arms of danger. It makes them not pick up the phone and call them for help because they no longer trust that they are a good advocate. You as the writer can choose to reveal at the end whether it was maybe a red herring and they really were someone who could be trusted or it ends up that it's true they really were involved with the bad guy or the villain. That's up to you to decide how you want to reveal that at the end. The 20th story beat is where the main character runs into the arms of danger. They think they're safe, but it's this big aha moment where they go, wait, I was wrong, and it's too late. They're away from their friends, their family, they're all alone, they have no help, and the stakes are high. This is the moment where the bad guy or the villain closes in and your main character is trapped. The 21st story beat is your whiff of death. The stakes could not be higher. It's that micro moment where it's very real that the character could die. Like I said, a whiff of death. So the stakes before were, oh no, I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble, here's the bad guy, and this is where they feel like their life is really in danger. At this point, the conflict has to feel really real, and it can't be obvious to the reader how the main character will get out of this situation. The 22nd story beat is your confrontation or revelation scene. Maybe it's a villain's monologue in Harry Potter. I keep using that example, but it's a good one. Voldemort has his whole revelatory monologue to Harry. In this scene, the villainous character might explain some last-minute truth bombs or clarify some questions that the reader had before, explain their motive. At the same time, this is also when the villain or the killer is either tying up your main character, has them trapped in some sort of room, they're inflicting injury, whatever it may be, the main character could either pretend to go along with them or they have to run and hide, but they are irrevocably trapped at the end of this scene and there is some sort of dialogue directly with the villain. The 23rd story beat is what a lot of people call the dark night of the soul. This is the all is lost moment for your main character. It's the lowest point they will ever get to in the book where they feel like everything is completely hopeless. But then you get into your 24th story beat, which is your second confrontation. 
It's that moment after they've given up and they have a moment of connection with their killer. They somehow convince them to untie them. Or another twist, one of the sidekicks that they didn't call for help suddenly comes back and hits the killer over the head with a frying pan. I don't know, whatever it could be. Or maybe the cop finally shows up. It's a gasp, oh my god, maybe there is hope type of moment, but there's some sort of confrontation with the villain. And that brings us to the 25th story beat, your big finish. Either the main character overcomes the bad guy, they incapacitate them, whatever it is, maybe they even black out and they wake up in another chapter and they are miraculously in the hospital and saved. This is the big finish, so make it really good. And then after this, you have to give your readers a chance to breathe. It can't just be the end of the book. They will leave feeling, or they will close that book feeling very unsatisfied and like, oh my god, like I, I'm still on the roller coaster. The final two story beats that are typical in thrillers, murder mysteries, or suspense novels are number 26, a resolution breather. This is a moment of calm and reflection where you give the main character, as well as the readers, a chance to absorb and reflect on what just happened. A lot of cliches that you have probably seen in movies or books are scenes where they might be in the hospital coming to, talking to a friend about what just happened. They have an interview with an FBI agent where they discuss what happened, or maybe they're reunited with their friends and family. It's typically a series of scenes over time where everything gets wrapped up neatly in a bow. It's where your main character is reconnecting with all of the people that they thought they had lost or abandoned. Maybe they're apologizing. Everything kind of feels like it's reaching some sort of beautiful resolution wrapped neatly in a little bow. And then your final, final 27th story beat. This could be optional, but I really like books that have this. It's your final micro twist. It's where your book feels beautifully wrapped up. It seemed obvious that the bad guy had done it. And then right at the very end, there's this little baby, teeny tiny twist that the main characters and the readers thought had been solved. And then at the very last moment, it's completely turned on its head. An example of this could be the murder seems to be solved, the bad guy's in jail, and then, ooh, micro twist, they didn't act alone. There you have it, 27 thriller story beats to help you outline and plot your novel. Maybe you already have a manuscript written and you want to line up your book and see if it matches these different story beats. I also just want to reiterate that you do not by any means have to use all of these. These are just typical story beats that you might come across in a murder mystery novel. And I wanted you to have all the information so that you can make your own decision as you're writing. Or if you get lost, maybe you hit some writer's block, you can go back and evaluate whether or not there's a little scene in there that you could include to really heighten the stakes and the conflict and the tension. 
That's it for today's episode of the Word Weaver podcast. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, screenshot and share it on social media, and be sure to check out the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. You call it substance over style.